and welcome to Minted Dialogue, episode number 173. This interview is with Matt Anderson, HR Strategy Manager at Jaguar Land Rover. After speaking to the HR Tech World 2015 conference, I caught up with Matt to discuss how Jaguar Land Rover approaches innovation from an HR perspective, the impact of disruption, challenges of recruitment for luxury automotive, and how HR can help impact change within the organization. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of The Mindset, that's M-Y-N-D-S-E-T dot com, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. Today I am at HR Techworld and I have with me Matt Anderson, who was a speaker here at HR Tech World 2015. So Matt, you work at Jaguar Land Rover, beautiful brands. Uh, tell us what you do at Jaguar Land Rover and what's your mindset? So my role is HR strategy manager. And what that means is I primarily prepare our people strategy for, for our business and, and develop that in conjunction with my HR colleagues. But it also means that I uh, look for ways to bring that to life and to put that strategy in practice. Um, really so that we can start to get some meaning from results from, from that strategic work. Uh, I also will look at uh, trends and developments and explore what's happening uh, outside of our industry, within our industry, to see what may be of relevance to us. What can we learn? What can we disrupt? That, that kind of activity. Right, so before we get into that, what's your mindset? How would you describe your mindset, Matt? Um, I have a, a, a... Nothing frightens me. So I, I, I love to get involved in especially things I don't understand. So my mindset would be, you know, give anything a go, try, you know, you can do anything. Um, I often find that I can't, but it's all a case of, you know, picking yourself back up and, and giving it a go. Giving it a go. All right, so Matt, for Jaguar Land Rover, what kinds of industries do you look at outside of the industry in order to get inspiration? Give us an idea of that. So currently, a lot of the interesting developments are happening, things like the mobile technology industries and the, uh, the social uh, technology industries, so things like LinkedIn and, and Google. So we learn a lot just by observing those companies, because at the end of the day, we're all technology uh, producers in one way or another, and we're all, we're all uh, dealing with some of the same challenges, the same customer developments, the same social demographic changes, those kind of things. So they're quite rich, rich areas for us to look at. Jaguar and Land Rover both are, um, are more upscale brands. They've been through a lot, a lot of transitions. Tell us a little bit about the, the current state of the business for Jaguar Land Rover, just to give us an idea of the, the landscape. Well, we since 2008, we've, we've been enjoying a lot of success, so particularly in uh, places like China and Brazil and uh, India. So we're in a, a significant growth phase. In the past five years we've doubled in size there our number of employees and our volumes it's a really exciting time for us at the moment and we're all working on things that we've we've never worked on before and that includes myself you guys are upscale They're obviously more premium type of business so when are you when you're recruiting how does that play in and the types of profiles you're looking for relative to your strategy I think one of the, the key elements of an upscale automotive manufacturer is a focus on quality and, and customer and really being able to put yourself in the, 
the, the seat of a customer. And I think that's, that's something that can be difficult in large organisations and it can be difficult in, in automotive, uh, but those are some of the key traits that we would look for so that people really understand that the work they do contributes to what, it, what can be a major purchasing decision for a, for a customer. Mm-hmm. All right, so in your job as strategy HR manager, tell us some of the, the, the key challenges you have at Jaguar Land Rover. For me, some of the challenges are that our organisation is built on heritage and tradition and processes that have worked uh, for a long time and have been very effective. I think from a, from, I find that the, the challenges that I experience are where some of those traditions and, and paradigms are challenged. So if, if we need to work in a different way and there's a people impact uh, as a result of that change in working, that can be very difficult for us. So it's really how do you how do you take a working model and disrupt it in a way that means you we can still deliver, we can still grow, and we don't impact on quality. All right. So I'm thinking about the C-suite at Jaguar Land Rover. To what extent are they in tune with that thought? Because maybe they're part of the legacy as well. Uh, I think that's a good question. I think the the C-suite. Uh, our, our executives are aware of some of the challenges that we're facing. It's no secret that Apple and Google are looking at moving into the automotive in, industry. I think the quite how we go about bringing that to how, delivering that in practice, I think, um, is a challenge that they'll share. Um, but they are they're absolutely aware of it because they're, they're some of the, the biggest threats that we're that we're going to face probably ever. Right, uh, and you know, then there are also other. There's the the competition itself is changing. Yes. But even the uh, the consumers are changing, and then the the nature of a car is changing with, in terms of fossil fuels. You've got all these different types of technologies that are coming in, and so how how does that change the profiles of people you're recruiting? Good question. Again, we we, we need people from um, far greater sectors than we've ever recruited from before. Mm-hmm. The the automotive industry. Uh, would typically bring people in from similar backgrounds with automotive experience. Right. Tech, you, know, I, you know, engineers, yes. people who've got experience in automotive. Yeah. These are the people we kind of like to have. Yes. But you're looking for different profiles. Yes. So, for example, if we, we're working on new technologies around fuels, then we're going to need skills that, that don't exist within the automotive sector because they're new. We need people who understand some of the infrastructural changes and some of the demographic shifts that are actually going to drive the end, eventual decision as to whether or not people buy a car or whether or not they live, they live in an integrated city where, where no one needs a car or buy a phone or whatever it is. We need people from, from those types of industries uh, just as much as from the automotive. Having said that, there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, a lot of passion within the automotive industry, mm-hmm. that, and it's imp- really important that we don't dilute that. Yeah, well, as for sure, you've got beautiful brands with a lot of legacy and, and heritage, and so I can just imagine how people... You know, a loved. I mean, I'm a personal fan of, of Jaguar. Of who isn't? But the, that that surely attracts people. So, Matt, at today's conference, you were you were speaking about your role in impacting and bringing about change with regard to innovation. Give us some of the highlights of what you talked about today. The central point I was making was that as an HR person, uh, we. We have a, an amazing opportunity to make a difference within these within organisations like Jaguar Land Rover. So we we have access to to influence multiple parts of that business. My presentation was around how, as a as a 
one person in an organisation of 40,000, what are the, the, the ways that you can start to do that that actually work? Uh, I've been to a lot of presentations around the concept of innovation, and that's brilliant, but actually when you take it back to the, the workplace, sometimes it falls on deaf ears. It's a, it's a great word, it sounds fantastic, people think that they can, uh, can easily implement it, but actually it's very hard in practice when what it means is you're tearing up something or you're, you're having to give things up or behave in a completely different way. So I was looking at five or six dead simple examples uh, that have, have worked for me and that hopefully others can, can benefit from too. Well, give us, give us one of them that you, you think is the most uh, relevant for other people that they could take with them as they're approaching their jobs. You know, the dealers were not all CEOs. And so obviously sometimes the buck stops the CEO and or if the CEO doesn't subscribe to the idea, it won't go anywhere. But in your, amongst your ideas, what, would give us one of them that you thought, thought, think would be really useful for other people as well. So primarily, I, I think it's pay attention to the small things. So in an organization where you may not have a lot of airtime for some of this activity, if you can pick something small that impacts, that you can make a beneficial impact and tell people about it, that will give them an indication of, of, of what you can do if you change the, your way of working. So, for example, I ran a rapid prototyping uh, workshop with some of my colleagues, and we picked a, we had to choose a process to, to use. We picked the functional induction process, primarily because it was small. So, if we no one was questioning our spend, if we came up with some ideas, they were going to be better than than whatever we did. It was going to be better than what we had previously, and actually, it gave us that license to to play. Um, if you get a small make a small change right actually because people understand it and they can they can play with it they can see it and it resonates actually you can get a massive uh, knock-on benefit from from that so it's so primarily it's pay attention to the small stuff and actually that goes as also goes into how you conduct yourself so you're not going to change make a company more innovative if you're not able to demonstrate yourself some of those practices it's just about getting out there and doing it Right. Well, so the big challenge for so many companies these days is trying to bring in innovation. You can have the alternative of, of buying a little startup. You have the alternative of doing a, a lab. And then you, should you have that off-site, allow them the total freedom to be creative and goofy in their space? Or should you have that in the HQ, where all of a sudden policies and hours become very much more bureaucratic and maybe dominate the spirit of the lab? What you're saying is that as an individual, you can start in, you know, creating innovative feelings, even in the smaller steps. But for Jaguar Land Rover, do you guys have a, a different... I mean, is there, is there, are there attempts to try and scale the innovation? Because today, that's really, as you were saying before, with Google and, and uh, Tesla and so on, so many types of competitors. Are there, is there any scaled initiative to, to be more innovative within the organization? I think I don't think you would find an organization that wouldn't want to be more innovative. Um, I think that really it's about the how you go about delivering that. And we certainly, uh, I hear a lot of people that are looking to, to foster innovation within an area. Typically the, the solution is quite hard and quite formal so it'll be things like your innovation processes it'll be things like your your reward and recognition approaches it's textbook stuff um, and i don't think it's hard to find suggestions as to, to formal ways in which you could do that where i think it comes unstuck is the the behavioral elements that surround that which i think is why hr have a critical role to play in this and i think 
if, if we can, as a, as a community of professionals, can start to demonstrate what that looks like in, in practice, it really helps people to connect those formal processes together and, and make a change. You do need them, so I'm not saying that you can do it completely um, from a blank slate, and you need processes to, to uh, as a skeleton around which to, to structure some of this. Mm-hmm. But you cannot; it does not do it on its own. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in an engineering world where there's so many, there's so much planning going on and everything. So at this event, I don't know if you've had much time to go around, but is it, what are any, um, you know, off the top of your mind, things that you've appreciated, uh, things you've seen that are, have been surprising for you uh, at HR Tech World? Uh, I've, um, I've, I've not seen many exhibits because of uh, some of my... Speaking. my been speaking, yeah, and, um, and rehearsing. Um, I've, I'm hoping to do a lot of that tomorrow. I can see there's a lot of stands that, that actually, uh, even since last year, have taken their products forward. I'm, I'm keen to talk to IBM about the developments on Watson because that's something I'm very interested in, how you move on from uh, just normal analytics to something that's, a, that's much more usable because I think from an HR point of view, that's, that's really... That, that's the the silver bullet is that usability and, and anything that I can take back or or share would be would be of great interest well make sure our friends from IBM hear that one thanks for coming on the show Matt thank you thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue show you'll find the show notes on themindset.com that's mindset with a Y where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe If you like the show, please do rate it in iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers. Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way to rid me of the gray.
Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.